Kia ora everyone, welcome back to the Side Hit Podcast, I'm your host Matt Tony, and today with us we have Dan Fountain, welcome Dan. Thanks Tony, nice to be here, thanks for uh, having me on. Oh, it's good to have you on bro, how's your day been? Yeah, all good, um, yeah, yeah, pretty sweet, just another day, uh, you know, working, but uh, all good, but a bit wet out there this morning. Yeah, yeah so out, through it. out on the building site in the rain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah, pretty, you know, standard. Character building. Yeah. And has it been a good summer? Uh, yeah, it has been, man. Been a, been away a bunch with the kids, and uh, been well, the weather's been mean, obviously, the last few weeks. I've been enjoying that. Nice. Yeah. Um, anywhere special? Or? Uh, nah, we kind of kicked around here for Christmas. And first Christmas, just, you know, hanging tough. We had family down for, for a lot of the time, so it was kind of nice to chill instead of rushing, you know, with work rushing and then rushing away. So mm. I kind of enjoyed just doing not much, just enjoying where we live. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so that was, that was pretty cool. Rad, so yeah. good times with the kids and yeah. all that. Yeah, yeah, just pretty lazy actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Oh, we'll fire this one up. Dan, where are you from and how did you get into snowboarding? Yeah, so originally I uh, grew up on the North Shore in Auckland and uh, I guess had a pretty good upbringing, like, you know, hanging by the beach and I surfed a lot as a grown-up. And um, my brother was well, a few years older than me and he was... He kind of got into snowboarding slightly before I did, and I guess I just kind of, kind of, as a younger brother does, you know, just followed his footsteps, and um, yeah, kind of, you know, did what he was doing and just got into it from there. Sweet. So no school trips or nothing like that. Just nah, bro. Nah, down. it was just kind of. Uh, I guess the, we went down as a family a couple of times. So I, I skied once or twice. And then in the early days, and then maybe when I was about 14, I think, kind of started snowboarding or trying to snowboard, and yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah. How was the first day? Uh, yeah, first day was awesome. Just loved it from the from the get-go. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, it was pretty pretty shitty shitty weather day, but we, I was just with um, you know, a couple of mates, and we were just kind of trying to get our head around the whole concept of being strapped into the board, and... Yeah, and you know, just buzzing out on that. But uh, by the end of it, it was all yeah. End of the day, it was all good and kind of. So you had that uh, moment that clicked right on the first day. I don't know. If it was, I don't know if it clicked, but it was uh, the passion was definitely there from from early. So uh, yeah, we loved it, and you know, couldn't get enough of it. And when you're only getting you know little bits of it, you just want more. So yeah, yeah. So were you riding with a bunch of crew from school or something like yeah, that? Yeah, just a couple of mates from school who I surfed with a, a bit initially. Um, and uh, yeah, we just I went down to Cooney. I think we were there for like three days or something. It must have been on a 14. Oh, yeah. And yeah, staying at the Tourer Lodge. Just they had little cabins out the back, which pretty low-key, just beds and, you know, eating a restaurant or, or the bar or whatever. So uh, just getting shuttles up the hill. Brad. And it was just just raw but cool. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. And what, you're renting boards from the mountain, that sort of thing? Uh, yeah, I think we've rented boards from Auckland from a, like a wee shop in, uh, on the shore there. Um, and yeah, just, I didn't really know what we were doing, but just rented whatever. It was probably way too big for us or whatever, but it was still, you know, so still like, just get into it, eh? Was it the hard boot hooger bogger? Uh, yeah, hooger boogers for sure. I think we had like full gumboot kind of soft boots though. So it was like, yeah, it was cool. 
Yeah, I think there's a whole generation. I think it's our generation knows a lot to hooker bugger. Yeah, you know? yeah, they were kind of fairly <laughs> yeah. early on, eh? Yeah, I mean, how the fuck did we decide to stay with it after learning on <laughs> hooker buggers? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Ah, oh, sweet. And um, so, how are you? Um, were you engaged with snowboarding as far as like magazines or media or anything like that? Like as a, as a grom in Auckland. Um, that sort of thing kicking around? Or? I not really, bro. We just like when I was in Auckland, I guess as soon as I got my license, we started doing a few more trips to the to the mountain to Turoa mainly. Um, so I was kind of you know soon I was froth for the winter and and I got my license is basically you know fifteen. We're driving you know driving it into it. So uh, we started hidden most weekends. And then uh, did that for a wee bit, and then I left school, kind of, oh, just just sixteen, and um, that's when I kind of was just decided to try and focus on that and actually make something of it. So did that lead you going straight down to Cooney for the winter, or? Yeah, I think I moved down when I was seventeen, seventeen or eighteen, for my first full season. Um, up until that, I was just, you know, kind of weekends or school holidays or, you know, sometimes just bailing for whatever and going down and hanging out. So how was that? Like, how was Cooney back then as a shredder come down for a first season? Uh, well, my first full season down there was 97. Mm-hmm. And that that's kind of a standout year for me. That was like the year I really remember Cooney. It was like one of those good good seasons where there's like not too much snow. So there's heaps of, heaps of terrain. There's heaps of open days. I think I did like 76 days up the hill, as well as getting down here for a few of them. So like that's pretty good for for Ruapehu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was uh, it was super good season. It was pretty pretty full crew in town. We had like a bunch of mates because we were on Railway Row. Uh, had like you know there was five or six houseloads of of shredders amongst that. So it was pretty good kind of posse down there is yeah so times. who were some of the names that were sort of the guys rolling it back then at um obviously Kuni? yeah obviously like groovy was you know he was always kind of was always around shrapping kind of the mayor of Rupay, yeah wasn't he? yeah yeah and a few guys slightly older than him uh daz dempsey he was he was the og and alex mcdonald oh yeah yeah those guys were shredders hard like alex so. was the man like Real good style, like the big dude and real good style. So we looked up to those guys hardcore early on. Thank you. Alex um, McDonald was the first person I seen do a one foot a year. Yeah, yeah, like that was his jam. Four nationals. And yeah, shit, yeah. And there's a few other crew like um, Jamie Hanning, Jim Hanning. He was all kind of around that same era. But um, yeah, those guys like real styly shredders. Mm. Like Alex had the mean like front threes boned out indie like real real steezy Sweet. the same as german yeah rad and um was there any other og crew um obviously dino was still floating around he was only i don't know if he's there in 97 i think he bowed a little prior but i ended up buying a board off him slightly earlier when he was working he was working at one of the shops in town at the powderhorn oh yeah and yeah and i remember buying a, a board off him um when he was working so there. What, did he, what did he sell you Ah, uh, fuck! It was like a Sean Farmer, a uh, Sean Palmer. Oh yeah, um, yeah. The, that OG one, just kind of like a uh, plan view. I can't remember the model number, the big old nose, and it was it was cool. Uh, first, like, yeah, 
It was, it was a cool board. Was that the Pimp Clown one? What? Nah, it had the, uh, like a aerial photo of a car, but it was like cartoon kind of car. That, I know, that one, I know the that black one. and yep, red with, car. And it had the mirror on the base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah, think, yeah. I think yeah. Dil Butt ended up with one of those in the Salvation Army. Found one in the Salvation no, Army. No shit. Sure. Yeah, right Bloody on. Could even be. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Dil, was he kicking around? Uh, yeah, because I, I went to school with Dil at Westlake up in up no on the shore. Yeah, yeah, bro. So I knew Dil, you know, for four years, but never really saw him at Ruapehu until a bit later on. Because um, he used to come down here, school holidays, come and right. shrub down these ways. But um, yeah, we'd always, you know, kind of chat at school and stuff. He was a, a year or two older, but. Mm. And so, yeah, so like a lot of those heads, you didn't see them when you were coming down for the weekends. It was more once you actually ended up. Oh, Dad's Dempsey and, and Alex and that. Alex is only there occasionally, but Dad's had a house. He he um he unfortunately died like a, f- a few years back, but he was a he was the OG kind of crew. And they they were just out in Rangatau, which is like a you know kind of five k's down the road, but mm. they were the, the kind of hardcore dudes that were hung out. The the only kind of crew of snowboarders that were on the on the field basically, right. until like yeah, just just a bit later on. Right, and were you working this time, or were you just full full time shredding? Uh, when I moved to Cooney yeah. in '97, uh, I was, was self employed, so um, I actually I rented a workshop, pretty decent workshop. It cost it used to cost me like twenty five bucks a week. It was fucking uh-huh. epic, um, and it was around the corner from home, and that, that's what kind of made Cooney work for me. Like with the down days, I could still kind of earn money. Mm. Um, yeah, so we had this workshop. I used to build little wooden products like breadboards and stuff. My old man used to work for a pharmaceutical company and they did a lot of toiletry gift stuff and a lot of it was based on these wooden products to sell the gift. So it was, uh, yeah, that was kind of my in. Like my old man hooked me up into that. So that was like, it, you know, orders for thousand, thousands of these breadboards or little soap trays or whatever. So I could do that any time of day, you know. So I'd go shred whenever it was on and if it was good for a period then we'd just go smash out nights and it was yeah. all good man so that that was how we made Cooney work yeah. you know because everyone used to buzz that buzz out that we got set out because it was so the weather was so inconsistent but yeah because i remember you being committed to Cooney even in the 2000s yeah like, whoa, whoa, yeah you know, it sort of makes sense now yeah 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 we, well the longer you're there bro like we kind of had it pretty pretty rigged day eh? it was we got in you know like after that first season we got in with them with them with the resort and had a little change of the the few kind of managers up there and started giving us cat time and, and a few things that kind of actually made it worthwhile and it was it was pretty yeah give mold it yeah so was sit. that the sort of the birth of the Turoa parks yeah hardcore bro yeah like Gruby, you know, because he's super friendly and kind of... So he got, got us in. And then it was... Um, they just got this fresh cat driver, Tim Ahi, who's... I think he's still there. Real good dude. But um, he had done, like, maybe um, uh, a few weeks in score and, and kind of started shaping parks over there. And uh, so he came back and we worked with him a bunch. That was kind of, I don't know, maybe, you know early 2000s 99 early 2000s and they started to kind of you know pour a bit more tin and, and get some more kind of yeah so i remember stuff. seeing new zealand snowboarder like they'd always have that spring event that was published 
Yeah. They look like, you know, Jimmy Hunt and those dudes were yeah. um, building features and hitting them and yeah, whatnot. Yeah. And yeah. the whole South Island crew would go up and... Yeah, Roscoe, Rosslyn Mitchell. Yeah, right. And, and Jim and yep. Jimmy Hunt. Um, those guys kind of had that park job for for a few years there, eh? Kind of, and it must have been four or five years. Right. Yeah, so that was cool, man. But just prior to that, they were starting to, you know, get into it and kind of just wanting some more ideas to where to put it and, and actually how to shape the jumps and what to do. Yeah. So they dabbled so, prior to those guys. But Ross was super productive and... He had a real good eye for it as well. He was a gnarly underground shred that oh, dude, yeah. wasn't he? Dude like, was like super good shredder. Mm. Massive bag of tricks. Yeah, because he did a few seasons down here as well, eh? Well, both mm. those guys, like, and Richie. Yeah. So um, they did, yeah. They bounced right. around a bit. But, but Roscoe, massive bag of tricks. And like, yeah, just I just remember hearing about him before I... Knew, you know, he was yeah. this mythical being yeah. that was on the unit crew. And of course, anyone knows I'm a big fan of the unit and was like, whoa. Yeah. And then seeing his part in Insurrection where at the start, there's just blood all over his face and shit from yeah. that rail mishap. And then fucking, I, I need to fucking watch that again because I'm sure the writing would still stack up to a degree to today. Yeah, uh, he, he's, you know. he's, he's so underrated mm. and just super undercover, you know, modest as, bro. He's a massive bag of tricks and... And could shred anything as well, you know, mm. rails, backcountry stuff. Because I'd, I'd hear things about like him and the Hunt brothers just yeah. being these gnarly, all mountain, versatile riders. Yeah, and it sounds like the kind of riders that Owakuni breeds of just can handle any terrain because it's you know like we don't really know what ice is down here compared to what yeah we get up there real pay who does. And, yeah. yeah, well, the the scale up there's a bit bit bigger, eh, bro? Like it changes every year you know and it's it's a pretty big mountain mm. so like we were still discovering shit like you know for years and like different aspects different you know snow patterns and a whole nother version of of Rupay who comes out mm. sort of it comes from a certain direction yeah, instead of yeah. another direction and yeah yeah, it's it kind of cool epic, when it does man. that. It's pretty it? dope. Yeah. And like the cornices and shit that form and mm. and the different zones we were forever just missioning off piece like east or west and and finding pretty cool stuff and mm, so were you a tura or fuck a puppet yeah tura tura yeah yeah and was that sort of where most of the shredders migrated mostly bro there's a couple a couple yeah most of the time bro just because it was kind of at the you know your 17 k's down the road in cooney there and you can yeah you have a little bit of shit to do afterwards but um there's a few crew in in national park and and fuck like patrick Nepier and stuff yeah, oh, yeah. So we'd catch up with those guys every now and then if there's a comp or whatever. Right. But very rarely. Well, was there a rivalry between not, the two mountains? No, nah, there probably was, bro, but not really. Eh? It's yeah. like it's like anything, man. It's you know, yeah. We'd, we'd we wouldn't cruise over there very much, and they wouldn't kind of come over to our side very very often. But until spring, and then you wanted to put a change of scenery for a bit, and yeah. But um, yeah. Get lazy when it's too easy, yeah, and you just straight out the back door, and you know, yeah, especially when you know the mountain there. Yeah, oh, it makes a massive and, difference, eh? Yeah, so yeah, I was guilty of that my first seasons working at Cadrona. It's like, oh, I know it's going to be good at these places, so fuck it, I'll just go there, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, just one of those one of those things, I guess. Yeah, um, were there some writers or influences like local or international you were looking at? 
Um, I guess the the local guys, like early on, was obviously Alex and and um, you know Groovy and stuff. I kind of um, I looked up to those guys a, mm. a lot, and they were, you know I was only wee grommy that mm. like Groovy's a few years older than me, but uh, so they were they were a pretty big influence. Locally, I think Grub was a surf skate snow machine, wasn't it? Yeah, like, yeah, he's he's he surfs real good, eh? Mm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and um, he's always you know coming up with new stuff, snowboard wise as well. He's never a dull day with Grubby, eh, bro? He's always Aye. like he's fucking always into stuff. Um, yeah, like even in Cooney when it was shitty weather, we'd be going weld rails up or or just be into some stuff, you know. It's like so shit to do. Yeah, was there a period of time where you guys were fabricating rails and riding them in the backyards and shit? I'm yeah, sure well, we, we ended up getting, we ended up getting a bit of budget from uh, from you know from the marketing guys and stuff at and Mikey Baines who was the manager at, at Tour at the time and we'd just go down to engineering place and and you know fucking grab grab a few sections of pipe. Oh, yeah. take it back to my workshop and we'd mess around and, and you know build most of the early rails for the for the park right so that's pretty rad and we did that for years eh um even when roscoe started working in the park we we're still tortoing around with with different stuff and Sick. it's cool when they you know kind of give you some budget to do that stuff it's yeah because i think i just seen pictures in the magazine of like shelly on the rail in the backyard sort of thing and yeah it seemed like it was a uh, quite a common occurrence yeah well, sort of to combat the down days or something yeah i guess uh, the the powder horn or the powder keg used to put on a rail comp once a year right so i guess that was kind of the the little you know side gig with that like when the rail was downtown and still a bit of snow left over you or go and grab some more whatever yeah and they had that fake that fake grassy kind of stuff which you could kind of slide on <laughs> you know <laughs> But, um, so that would have been from that, bro, for sure. Right. And was there some international riders you were looking at, influence-wise? Uh, yeah, well, always like Jamie Lynn, eh? like, as a Grommy, like, he was, you know, pretty, pretty prominent kind of figure in the, in the snowboard scene, and just epic style and shit, you know, so. Yeah. I kind of, you know, that old-fashioned crossbone method that he used to do was just, yeah, but and that just that boxy style, eh? yeah, yeah, and yeah, he's just rad. Mm. Yeah, see, would have passed through Cooney a couple of times. Yeah, you around when yeah, I saw him up the hill once or twice. Eh, I don't think they took it too seriously because it was you know pretty average conditions. But mm. um, yeah, I remember seeing him up the hill. Uh, it was actually me and Fergs, Steve Fergs. We we did a bit of riding together early on. Oh, so yeah, and. Uh, saw yeah jamie lynn just kind of chilling at the bottom of the giant there it's just we're all just you know buzzing out yeah like trying to play it cool and shit <laughs> <laughs> but frothing out <laughs> but um because the effects are the same you know jamie lynn with the man mm. so no way so you you went way back with ferg's then because yeah. he, he became quite a fixture for a certain period of time yeah oh, mad skills eh Mm. Um, yeah, early on, bro, like, him and I would be do, doing missions from Cooney, uh, from Auckland to Cooney. He he lived in Devonport, like, just down the road from where we kind of, oh. we lived. And uh, he worked at this snowball shop that we kind of hung out in now and then. Is that City? Nah, that was prior to City. It was oh. called, uh, it was in Barrett Point Road there. Um, 
What was the name of it? I changed names so many times, bro. All right. Um, but yeah, he anyway he worked worked at a wee snowboard shop there for a while, was like he? early on. And was, was he thugged out <clears throat> even back then? No, nah, he's just this nerdy kind of snowboard right. kid, bro. <laughs> I was a nerdy kid that loved snowboarding, you know. Right. Um, and then he went to a he worked in a, a camera shop for a while, eh? No way. Yeah, yeah, hard. Yeah, and take a pony there. So we'd kind of, you know, peace out and do roadies to Cooney often. Sick. Yeah. Yeah. and then what he sort of peace out down these ways yeah he I think he stayed in in Auckland for a wee bit longer and then maybe he might have come down here in 97 odd and he came back up there for half a season in 98 or 99 yeah it all kind of blends blends into one a wee bit bro but uh, but yeah him and Ben Peters came did a season it might have been 98 and it was a dunger of a season eh like it was a low tide, no, oh, not it, much snow. It sucked down here yeah, too that season. Yeah, um, so they were off it, and I think they pieced out down here, ninety nine, and yeah, mm. started heading up with uh, Mangan and and those guys. I think they were down here. That's then. right. So yeah. um, if I remember rightly, Jim Mangan was building the park at uh, Triple Cone. Yeah, first, bro. Yeah, because those no guys, and I think those now. guys are working in the park maybe mm. up there. Oh, uh, yeah, with Screener, the park rangers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, possibly, eh? yeah. Yeah, I need to get Screener back on and uh, mm. confirm that one. Yeah, that's going back a wee while, bro. My memory's not so flash, you know, too many bangs in the head, but um, I vaguely remember that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, people uh, up the hill now are sort of struggle to believe that there was park features at Triple Cone. Yeah. Like, big ones, it's like, oh... Jim Mangan started there before he started yeah. the Cadrona and they were fucking huge tables all the time. Yeah. Mangan was like, awesome at building jumps though, eh? Mm. He had, you know, we rode a couple of his parks in Park City and stuff and his jumps were legit. Yeah. Yeah, he, I mean, he had a good reputation. So. Yeah. Oh, sick. And um, so Cooney, we sort of touched on this, like it's got known for a lot of down days and harsh weather. Um, was it a... How just occupy your time in the workshop and shit, or yeah, most of the get time. Get mischief. And, yeah, fuck. Uh, well, there's always mischief, bro. But uh, we we stay. I try to stay pretty productive. Mm. You know, so like, if I wasn't snowboarding, I'd try and earn some money and shit. And uh, and that's why. And you know, it was good to have that workshop and can do whatever. Yeah. Um, but like. As it went past, as the time went by, you know, that's when we were, like, doing the rails or, or whatever I was working, you know, doing my, my job. Um, and, yeah, as it, as it gets to the end of the season, obviously the more mischief comes out because you kind of get that little bit of boredom if there's a yeah. period where it's, like, shit for a week or whatever. Yeah. Um, which wasn't, you know, wasn't too often, but occasionally. It's the funniest shit that went down. Oh, fuck. There's, there's all sorts of, you know, there's all sorts of shit that went down, but... We had it pretty rigged, bro. We used to go to the bar and make money, you know, give the bartender 10 bucks, get 20 back and a bunch of beers and it was fucking had it. It was too easy, bro. We had it so rigged there. Um, but it was, yeah, it was a pretty small community and you can get away with a wee bit, you know. So, yeah, sort of local boys yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, and always, there was always crew that we knew working somewhere so we'd even roll up to the resort and and trays of food and shit come out it's all it was all just <laughs> just too easy bro oh sweet no, the reason i'm asking is for a few years when um maintenance lift maintenance crew at cadrona used to be um two rower guys yeah and they would tell us all sorts of hilarious down day mischief stories it was just like holy fuck <laughs> yeah it's gnarly 
Uh, so once you were sort of established there, I mean, there would have been a bit more of a solid crew you would have got to know. Yeah. Um, there, sort of later on, like, who were some of those? Yeah, those obviously later on, uh, the main main crew seasonal was obviously the, the Hunt brothers, um, Richard and Jimmy. Mm, which and, are quite prominent dudes in, yeah, in the scene for a while. Yeah, eh? and real good dudes and, like, always, you know, hearty shredders, eh? Mm. Like, Jimmy was pretty pretty gnarly or jump off whatever and yeah he's a good dude um but yeah the, the crew kind of fluctuated a wee bit every every year but there's a couple of dudes that lived in town uh harry he's he's lived there still does you know oh, michael yeah. harry lambie he's kind of i guess he's uh he's he's a lifer yeah the uh drummer explosive drummer yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's he's classic bro so he's always floating around um, we got a good Harry story for us. Uh, fuck, there's too many of them, bro. But <laughs> he was he was the MC at my wedding, which was pretty cool. Um, we ended up building his massive extension at his at his at his house down there. Got a pretty good setup in Cooney. About five dogs and fucking all sorts. <laughs> but um, no, he's he's a legend, eh, Harry? He's fucking classic. When we went to end up oh, going to one of his gigs and. I think it was in Auckland, just a real chill gig at a uni one one evening. And we we're all kind of, you know, on the beers and fucking a bit raucous and stuff and one of us ended up getting getting dragged out and then Haz was drumming away mid set and uh saw someone I can't remember who it was. Uh, I think it was Josie, but anyway, whatever. Like uh she's getting dragged out and we're kinda of like trying to tame this this big security dude and Harry just drops his drums and fucking comes over and he's like I can't you're working for me fucking leave these guys alone it was classic because the the band just kept playing bro and Harry he's a fucking good dude eh? he was just off it because we kind of turned up at this uni gig and maybe a bit too loose but it was all G and and he didn't give us stuff you know Mm. but it was pretty cool he just kind of rolled up and was like bro beat it you know (laughs) so he's yeah he's pretty classic Mm. And um, was Shelley G kicking around at this time? Yeah, Shelley was there. Eh? She'd the, um, she worked at the Powderhorn back in the day a wee bit. And she was one of the only female kind of shredders for a while there. But she was, yeah, she was, she was killing it still. She'd always, she got that kind of, those tricks down early. And mm. with always any comp, she'd just clean up up there and always lurking around. Yeah, but she's she's pretty committed. Yeah, and like a born, actual born and raised local there, eh? Yeah, born hard. And yeah, and yeah. I remember early days, bro. We, we used to kind of some down days we'd go to the gym or whatever, um, and like Shelley would be there when she was a super grommet, like in the little karate class, and you know just just recognised her later on. You know, knew mm. that oh, that was that was who has that super grom. Mm. But um, yeah, she you know born and bred from here, from there, yeah. and Scarfy uh, Ben Scarf, whose parents own the powder keg, so oh, yeah. he's uh, he's still there, bro, and he he shreds bees, good shredder. So yeah, and uh, was Carl Simcox kicking around too? Yeah, she was. She, she was, was. Yeah, yeah. She was more Fokker Papa based, right. but yeah, used to bump into her, her and um, Patrick mm. a wee bit. Um, they come over Cooney only really if there was a, a comp or something. Yeah, They'd right. come over or um, if we're going over there for, for whatever reason. 
but um, yeah, they were kind of kicking around there. Sweet. And um, I got to ask about Leroy, Leroy, Leroy Christensen. Yeah, su- uh, super grom. Yeah, like yeah, another sort of Cooney alumni, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah, he he's rad, eh? Uh, he was like, man, when I met Leroy, he was he would have been, I don't know, maybe like eight or something, like mm-hmm. super grom up. But he was always up the hill, like flag school from early, early on. And um, he was always, always had mad potential, you know, that skate kind of background. And mm. um, he used to just, yeah, kind of, kind of roll, roll with us around the hill. And um, just the progression was epic. Yeah. He's got, you know, when you're that young, you just get a grasp of it, eh? And, and just run with it. And he was, he was always just charging. Yeah. And he I think he's still there now, man, like still still up there. Right. I haven't been up there for a while, but I think he's still kinda still kicking around. Yeah, because I met him briefly through Logan Holt down here at Snow yeah. Park and shit. Yeah, right on. Just watching him grease like the box and rail lines like, whoa. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, he he had some skills, eh? Mm. Oh totally, man. Sort yeah. of one of those dudes I felt like that was sort of kind of underrated, like sort of somehow just fell through the radar a little bit. Yeah. But I say that, but then he has some amazing shots in New Zealand snowboarder, like four pages and shit. Yeah, he did. I um, think he he did do a few seasons down here, eh? Yeah, a couple later on. Mm. He's probably pretty undercover, but um, no, the kid was fucking good at snowboarding for mm. sure. Yeah, mad rail game. Mm. So, did you end up travelling much with snowboarding internationally? Because I remember you um, been in Utah with the low key guys and stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, so prior to that, I think I did a wee bit, like, went to Canada a couple of times, did a wee mission to Fernie, only, like, short kind of stints, like, kind of month, five weeks sort of thing. So was Fernie your first experience? Yeah. Outside? How was that, going to Fernie from Ruapayu? Fuck, it was a mission, bro. Yeah? <laughs> oh, I just, I didn't realise how far it was. I didn't, like, do any research and shit. Um, Ferg's and Ben Peters were there, and a few of their mates, and... And a good Japanese mate of mine, Keo, who I kind of live with in Cooney for a bit, off and on. Um, they're all there, so I was like, fuck yeah, we'll mission over. And, um, you know, I think it was something like 42 or 46 hours traveling. I did the full, you know, Calgary Greyhound mission, mm-hmm. just, you know, cheap and nasty. Um, but it was an eye opener, and finally got there, and that was before that opened up a bunch more of the resort so it was kind of just a couple of big bowls a lot of hiking and stuff Mm. um but it was rad man like heaps of snow and good riding good at you know kind of alpine and yeah it's fucking proper stuff would have been hard to keep a straight face when they complain about ice over there yeah (laughs) for sure but it's 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 funny eh because it's like more like that the, the whole town wasn't really about the skiing and snowboarding really it was more like ice hockey and like mm. stuff you know it, was, it wasn't like we, I thought I was going to end up in this like full ski town but it wasn't at all mm. the resort was a wee bit away from 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 town so yeah I was I felt that too when I was, yeah well, I went there in the 99 2000 expecting a similar thing like ah oh, snowboarder snowboard town yeah all that out of it. and then like Straight away, it was like more like just like redneck ice hockey. Some sleepy gnarly. kind of town, eh? That, 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 that didn't like outsiders mm. coming in. And like, holy shit, this is, I'm not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty out of it. Like, I, I wasn't expecting it, to be honest, when I first rolled up, you know. Mm. But, um, 
yeah, we we stayed with Fergs and that for a bit, and then ended up getting a wee rental in some shitty little apartment, and uh, yeah, just hung hung out for five or six weeks. I think I think it was, mm. and then Dumburger. But so, yeah, yeah. So I did that, and then did a wee couple of weeks in Whistler, another season. Did it? Tried went to Big White once. Oh, for try to go for a season, but didn't realise how fucking quite flat and real shit weather a lot. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so I kind of hung out there for about four weeks, and then was just banging me out, man, like the viz. So <laughs> I was. Um, that's when I bounced and went to Whistler. Uh, fucking you know, it's harsh if the real pay guys bummed on the wow, wheel. Wow, fuck, man. You couldn't see, like, your hand in front of your face kind of thing. It was yeah. next level. Holy shit. But heaps yeah. of snow, but just not... Yeah. Kind of need a little bit of visa. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so, when you were in Whistler, were you linking up with the Kiwi crew, that sort of thing? Or? Uh, yeah. From, from memory, um, I had a mate there, so we stayed with her for a wee bit. And I can't remember if I. I think yeah, I think we did. I did because I've been to Worcester like end of end of a couple of seasons, but um, I think that's where I first bumped into Logie for Logan. Uh, we him, Denny, and Dylan and I did a wee mission from Whistler down to like Seymour and Cyprus. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, with Roebuck, I think. Potentially, and just yeah, we we like a couple of days or two nights or something. Um, just hit up a couple of the wee resorts, mm. and that was the first time I'd sessioned any of those those resorts in Vancouver. And it was rad and grouse mm. just right out of town there. Didn't yeah. I think we went night riding there? It was pretty cool. So, um, but yeah, hanging out with, with those guys for a wee bit. Um, obviously, Denny and Dill were were pretty busy with uh, working shit up in Whistler. Mm. For the Japanese company, and was this about the time that they were becoming the powerhouse pro dudes? Yeah, must have been just round about that time, maybe mm. a wee bit earlier. Mm. Um, but I, I guess you you kind of sift around a wee bit, bro. To, you know, on your off season, try and find out where's going to work for you, mm. as far as uh, you know, resort wise and and stuff, and um, that's where we ended up. You know, well, kind of getting to know Johnny Mac. Yeah. And that's when the whole Utah thing kind of started. Right. Yeah, started kind of rolling. So yeah. uh, just obviously getting to know J-Mac and then he kind of invited me to come over to, to Salt Lake because a few of the crew were there and and obviously Casey who was who's low-key, you know. Mm. And um, so I was going over for a month just to catch up with Johnny and try and get some photos and... And, and and shred that and check it out right um and from that that we stint there that was when we were kind of like fuck this place is epic kind of so many options mm. and again it was kind of like yeah yes living in the city but you can shred anywhere yeah. we used to just hustle and kind of scam everything and just full <laughs> were you, you guys continuing on from Brent's and his mates um, yeah. scams and shit yeah, yeah pretty much eh? <laughs> they were the bagel scam guys <laughs> eh? hard um, but yeah just uh, Casey was always super good for us and, and to us and he'd always pick us up and, and fucking drive us around and, and stuff and take us and show us all these rad spots so go and, you know 
hike and, and build jumps and yeah um that was my introduction really to to utah uh that season and, and kind of went back for a few after that and i think the next one or, or after that that's when um myself and moose uh christian philip cruised mm. together oh yeah yeah and that's when we caught up with logan and and tj and stuff and we lived in park city for a bit there right um but that was the whole kind of that's how that whole crew evolved like that's a heavy crew like logan tj moose, moose. yeah <laughs> those guys are legit eh? yeah yeah moose, m- mad skills yeah on on all three boards yeah like, yeah and obviously uh, Tom McGrom was kicking around then and uh as well. Was Catsburg kicking around at that point too? Yeah, that he was he was in in Salt Lake when we were living up Park City. But yeah, he was he had his own little crew, you know, as he did. Oh yeah. Um by then. He's we're still going to go and build some jumps and shit together. Mm. Um but there was uh yeah, he had a wee crew that he was kinda of hanging out with doing oh. his thing. Um, and then Casey was obviously in Salt Lake as well, but, um, so, cause you guys, end, did you guys end up sort of hitting what is now the iconic Utah sort of spots like Grizzly Gulch and yeah, yeah. those sort of areas? Yeah. So I, I didn't really know too much about it, man, and, until that first season I turned up and those guys are just, you know, doing stuff every other day and it was just like, fucking hell, this is amazing. Mm. Um, just, you know, walk to different spots depending on the snow yeah and sometimes you just walk and build and then go back the next day and and hit it but it's amazing like what you could find bro and uh it's still good snow you know like days later yeah and it it was fucking awesome eh? yeah so there's quite a few utah seasons in yeah i think i must have done four or five right yeah but I always, uh, like, longest, I'd only stay. I'd never worked over there, bro, so it was always, like, three months is the max kind of oh, max whole time. day visa. Yeah, so. yeah. Mm. Um, but, yeah, we, so we just rent, you know, rent an apartment or whatever. So did you end up doing the um, Walmart 90-day... Yeah, hard. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Vacuum cleaner, couch, fucking everything. Just take it all back. Didn't even empty the vacuum cleaner, right? <laughs> <laughs> It's funny, we'll be standing the day we moved out of our, you know, our apartment or whatever. We'd all be standing in the Walmart queue to the return. Yeah. You know, it was always pretty solid. Yeah. Trying not to, trying to space away from each other, but <laughs> they would have smelt a rat for sure. But no questions asked, eh? <laughs> all those, all those companies though, like Best Buy or whatever, like get stereos and shit and just take them back. Sweet. <laughs> what was your most extravagant um retarded purchase on the uh walmart 90 day back thing uh it definitely would have been stereo system for sure <laughs> which was fuck we didn't really need it we weren't really even home much you know mm. but we got couches and all sorts of shit bro and like so crew could stay fold mm. out couches and just fucking take it all back <laughs> this is so good <laughs> fucking epic <laughs> Oh, it's fucking great. Um, so I remember hearing about it when I was living in Colorado, but I just didn't have the balls to do it, eh? Yeah, but, really? Yeah, yeah. Fuck, it's pretty standard procedure, though, eh? <laughs> I'm starting to find <laughs> like, that out. No questions asked. Eh? <laughs> like, literally nothing. Mm. So it's like, yep. Like, like why are you returning this? Uh, I'm not satisfied. Yeah. And... Didn't even have to have a reason, eh? <laughs> yeah. Don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't want it. I'm done with it. Fucking hell. Yeah. Uh, so what happens with that shit, man? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I guess it's all crap most of the day, but far out. Oh, it's 
fucking work treat for you guys. Though. Yeah, yeah. But Utah, was, Utah was epic, man. Good, yeah, good spot, eh? Yeah, like city prices, but you got the mountains right there. Yeah, mm. yeah. The the year we stayed in uh, Park City, I got there a few days after. I think Logan and oh, Tom Dillon. Tom Dillon, he was there too, bro. Oh, yeah. But those guys sweet talked some some guy who owned a house and ended up we ended up renting this house and it was fucking legit, like right on right on the resort, like you could pretty much ride home. Um, and we had uh, oh, there was four or five of us there, and then TJ and and um, John Crystal, right next door, um, was was good times. John Crystal, that's yeah. a name I haven't heard in a while. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mangum was in charge of the park there, so we all got like hundred dollar New Zealand team passes. Just some scam that Mangum hooked us up. <laughs> so that was the draw card there. Um, and from you know from Park City, we'd kind of either just shred park or or go go with Casey and go build some jumps. Or occasionally we'd go. Uh, you could you could basically bust the lifts up Park City and traverse across and end up coming up Brighton. You have to catch the lifts back up, but mm. you end up on Brighton Resort. So you got all that backcountry access. Right. So that was, um, yeah, pretty rad. Yeah. And the, was this the era that, like, the forum dudes were running around Utah? Like, yeah. You crossing paths with all those dudes? Yeah, yeah, there? those guys are, you know, there's pretty heavy crew in, in Utah, mm. right? So you'd see a bunch of guys out the back kind of, on those snow, you know, just after a snow, it was pretty much like going stake your claim yeah. to build the jump. You had to get up there early and, and into it, eh? Mm. So, but yeah, there's a meaty crew around, whether they'd be hitting rails, you know, after a snow in town or, um, or you know, trying to claim jump spots and, and dominate. Yeah. But there's so many options though, bro. Mm. Out of hand. Yeah, if someone's in your jump spot, you can get over it pretty quick. Yeah. So there's a heavy crew there. Um, some stunts, you were seeing some pretty hectic stunts go down. Oh, f- for sure, bro, for sure. We uh, Obviously, we're always, you know, just a, a bunch of lads and just being, you know, stupid humans. But uh, obviously, we're kind of pretty busy built, trying to build jumps and trying to get foot. Everyone wanted to get footage and, and, mm. and be productive and stuff. But uh, one one particular mission we actually did the did the traverse and hike and kept you know snake uh sneak from park city up to brighton and we had to kind of like you know scan the lifts no one had passes for anything else but park city yeah so we get get over there kind of scan the lifts in the in the morning sweet as out the back all day and we didn't get we built a jump sessioned at whatever and uh it was pretty late coming back so we're kind of rushing to catch the lift back up so we could punch it back to um back to park city and i think logan and i were one of the last to get kind of get down to the lifts and either were checking the lifts so we kind of like fuck we're we're a bit screwed at the bottom there and uh ended up just pushing on and then the lifties yelling at us and shit on the lift we with logan and i and two other dudes randoms in between us so we're on each outside of the chair and uh we see the lifty picking up the phone and kind of hollering obviously at the return tower about us so we we're like fuck just kind of took off a couple of layers and diff- put a different jacket on or whatever we get to the as we come over the crest we get to the top of the lift and uh 
there's two ski patrollers standing there kind of slowing the lift down trying to suss us out and we're like fuck we're all strapped in just wanted to punch it because we're like fuck if we get you know want to get arrested and all that hoo-ha anyway so we kind of we just fucking punched it the ski patrols end up see them talking to these other guys and then they're pointing at us so logan i were just fucking out of there we're pumping every little bump and and managed to outrun these uh ski patrollers ducked into a tree well and they're kind of like gone <laughs> but, but later on we because we had to traverse we get this zone, this zone which was closed and we we're kind of coming back through there into park city and then we get this park city ski patrol come up to us and uh because we're in this closed hazard zone and we had ski, uh, we had passes for for Park City, so they're like fuck. So we had, they pretty much took our passes, marched us into, you know, trying to shame us and stuff. And we had to end up uh, sitting out for a few days because they they revoked our passes. So we got snapped in the end by Park City, which is a bit of a bummer. But <laughs> but um, we had to go and do an Abbey course and shit. So it wasn't too bad, but it was like fuck. We thought we got away with it, and then. That mm. shit happens, you know. I mean, hiding in tree wells kind of uh, commissioned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was pretty mellow, bro, but yeah. fuck, we just, like, didn't want to get, you know, arrested and have mm. to deal with that shit. Yeah, because they're it's pretty fucking... hardcore about that over there, eh? Yeah, and then, you you know, playing travelling back into that state becomes a bit of an issue. Mm. So And playing, like, the Lost Tourist probably only gets you so far. Mm. Well, I guess it's essentially fucking theft or whatever, eh, bro, you know? Mm. Little did they know, we never head passes and stuff it was always the hustle but mm. as was fucking everyone else you know yeah from nz and wherever yeah um <laughs> yeah tight 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 funds and yeah most of the New Zealand yeah do what you gotta stuff, do right? eh? yeah for sure right. oh cool and um how did sponsorship come around for you because it was it was burton right yeah yeah yeah, early days, uh, Silence, uh, Dan Gosling hooked me up with a, a board and stuff for the first first wee bit on oh, right. Silence. So. Is that the sort of Steve Ferguson Silence era? Yeah, yeah. Not early on when he kind of just, when Dan just started importing stuff. And um, so I rode Silence for a wee bit and then uh, Justin Cooney, because Guy and that would come up and do their thing every now and then. Um, they were looking for a North Island guy and someone mentioned my name whatever so i started on just you know the burton program early on and uh yeah initially it was just kind of board and boots and stuff bindings Mm. um but then i think rpm or someone rpm hooked me up a casual like streetwear contract for for a year or so and then they wanted went once they started making um you know apparel and stuff so they wanted me to get on that, but then I said to God, well, fuck, this, this is the option. That's when it went 100% burden. Yeah. And that obviously later on kind of led to, um, like I ended up riding analog yeah. out of where. Um, and yeah, earlier on I had Dragon just through Groovy, really. Um, and then went to Oakley just to kind of try and separate from like Groovy's thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the, the, the high, the high, obviously the higher ground thing was, was epic. Those guys are super rad. Mm. They used to, you know, sort us out pretty good and, and that evolves, yeah. you know, cause it was quite a big, big wheel at that point, eh, with the end up getting Nixon and, and all the, the full fleet. So, yeah. um, yeah. Rad. 
and um like how was that like you got a guy alty story for us um well fuck this yeah i mean he he's he's a rare dude bro like Mm. he was always you know he always kind of his support was awesome Mm. like i didn't know those guys very well they just come up that was the early days when they used to come up north and fucking just kind of run amok for a few days there was a trade show every now and then up there Mm. so they'd come up and run amok for a bit didn't really care what was kind of going on they just wanted to you know change the scenery Mm. but he was always so rad and uh and super supportive that ended up you know used to kind of roll down when when it was time to get proddy roll down stay with guy he'd fucking give me a car to drive for the for the few days i was there and um you know wanted to go down and choose choose what i was getting and shit you know so you get a decent decent kit mm. um but yeah that and sunny sunny's a fucking top man eh? yeah, yeah sunny fisher yeah so, he was uh, the, the demo guy wasn't he for a long yeah, time yeah he, he was a demo guy in I think he juggled a few balls, eh? Yeah. Sonny, he was yeah. kind of, he was a pretty big part of the high ground early on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, caught up with him actually just a week or so ago, which was rad. Oh, the deal rider? Yeah. Thing. Yeah. That was that? Yeah, it was awesome, eh? It was so. good just to, to see those guys for a bit, you know, a few faces they haven't seen for a while. Yeah, yeah. And Phil especially, and uh yeah, it's always good to... And Dill was there, so it's always good to have a few beers with Dill. Mm. A few laughs. Yeah. Well, you mentioned them, so I'll bring them up. Like uh, Phil and Dylan, um, you run tight with them in New Zealand snowboarder yeah. for a bit. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Um, obviously, Dill, I've always had so much respect for Dill. He was such a... He was, he was a bit of an inspiration himself, you know. Mm. Um, just, obviously, his, he was carried the flag for NZ for a long time. Yeah. Um, just dominating. Not just here, but you know in the states and canada as well eh? Mm. um so yeah looked up to looked up to dill you know rad dude and was super shred yeah um and then you know then he got into working with phil at, at nz snowboarder so um yeah kind of only really know phil through through the mag and like shooting photos with him mm. um how was that though like what Let's, let's do this in a two parts. Like, what goes into getting a magazine quality photo, and how was that doing the missions with those dudes? Yeah, um, I, I don't know. I guess a, a little bit goes into it, man. But fuck, at the end of the day, it's you, you just got to go and try and try and be, you know, a little bit creative. Mm. Try and find some different shit, and um, and be patient as well, and and. But at the same time, try and work hard to hit it and get shots and, and, and go for it. But Phil was always super good to work with as, as Johnny Mac, you know, like um, they're always super patient. Half the time you don't even, it's not, they're not, it's like they're not even there, man. You're just sessioning something with your mates, essentially. And that's what was some of the best memories, bro, is just fucking hitting jumps with, with your bros. Mm. And it's like, fuck, if you get something, it's just a bonus. But, um, yeah, it's good times, eh? Yeah, so and the stoke factor when someone lands something and everyone's like, just raises a level, you know? Yeah, and it's kind of just a domino. Have you got a particular trip with New Zealand snowboarder that stands out? Um, more so probably with uh, with Johnny for NZ snowboarder and stuff. Oh yeah. Um, we went to, I think, 
went over the Aussie for a bit. Moose, Logan, myself, uh, and J-Mac. I think that was all that went. But, um, yeah, so we got we got a little bit of funding from whoever we were riding for at the time and kind of flew into New South Wales, went down to Jindy and sessioned. There was a big snow forecast, but it actually kind of was a bit of a fizzer, but it was rare just to actually go to Aussie and, and try their, you know, their resorts. Yeah. They're pretty they're pretty hearty, like good facilities, especially as you get like down Threadbow and stuff. And mm. um, But that was, that was a rad mission. Just, it was only real quick, like maybe five days. But bit of driving, but we were shredding and and good times with with the boys, you know. Mm. Um, but we got got a wee story out of it and couple of couple of picks. So, so, you know. Because while we're talking about picks, there's one pick I've got to ask you about, and I don't have a physical copy of it, but it's I still remember it from your interview in New Zealand Snowwater. It was like a um, mine shaft bomb drop. Yeah. What was the story there? Yeah. Well. Uh, we were obviously, you know, through that time I knew it, we had the interview so we were trying to get some shots for it and that was actually up in Park City at the resort. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of old mining and stuff there mm. and uh, it was not so flashy day but we were just sessioning around trying to trying to find some different stuff and um, try and be a bit, bit creative again, you know. Um, but it was actually a pretty sketchy setup. Um, the landing of it was on the roof of this old mine shaft, so we actually went in and kind of made sure it was actually doable and wasn't going to yeah. fall through the fall through the roof. But it was red mission. Um, I was standing on this pretty narrow I beam up there, and I think Logie was actually holding my bauble. I kind of well, maybe even did up my bindings while I was holding on. Um, yeah, it was uh, yeah, it's good times. Yeah, yeah, nice. I like yeah that that stuff. Just to try and get something a wee bit different days. Eh, I liked it. I just yeah. remember that uninked bass as well. Yeah. And the whole thing. And just kind of like, I think that was it. It was like, for, like how the fuck you climb up there? How the fuck did you do your bindings? Up? Yeah. I'm pretty yeah, sure like, Logan's in the shot behind one of the, like the RSJs in the shot. Like, you know. Yeah. And Tim Pierce shot it. Um, and uh, I was, did get some footy as well. Mm. Some one of the Dero clips or something maybe. Um, but yeah, that, that was that was cool. Mm. I liked did it. you film some video parts as well? Or? Um, I, I had a week, couple of clips in Insurrection, a couple of just friend section maybe, um, and a wee part in Frontline, which was the next one. Oh yeah, um, and maybe a couple of clips in uh, in Kudos. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so, so more about the still shot than the moving shot. Yeah, well, we, we did we did film a wee bit, but um, did just more productive stuff mm. with photos, I guess. Yeah, um, I guess it was back when there was a demand for them with magazines. Like yeah, that. yeah, and and I think because I was only in in you know the northern hemisphere for short stints, so it was mm. kind of wanted to enjoy it and fucking go. Yeah. Do stuff, yeah. So, um, did the Burton thing turn into an international thing, or did you stay with Higher Ground? Or uh, no, I was only I was only just like NZ, like Higher Ground, right. yeah. Um, so yeah, most of my product. I mean, like, if I was overseas, whatever needed some boots or whatever, then we'd kind of suss out the local the local lads. Mm. Um, but yeah, purely kind of NZ based. Mm-hmm. Um, with Oakley and stuff, we got to kind of go to the factory and ended up staying in San Diego with one of the team managers for a wee bit. 
which was mm. pretty rad and go through that that factory and um and check all that stuff out but mm. never at that time never kind of hit up burton us or, or even you know went up to the factory or see jake so much mm. Yeah. And so who were some of your team riders in New Zealand at that time with Burton? Was this sort of the TJ era of Burton? Yeah, TJ, Jar, um, obviously oh, Dill. Yep. Yeah, Jar, total legend. Mm. Yeah, he's the man, eh? Um, yeah, Dilly, uh, Dill and Denny um, and a few, few, few other crew. Mm. So did you kick it much with the, like Jar and those dudes as well, riding with them and shit? Or? Yeah, a wee bit with Jar, like mainly down here. Yeah. Um, he was obviously, you know, kind of uh, Switzerland, I think he was based yeah. in. He was, so, um, but yeah, like, good, like friends with Jar, like kind of caught up with him, with him when he was last here. Mm. Um, did a wee bit of shooting here, but yeah, not so much overseas. Yeah. But, um, man. And so were you sort of coming down these, even though you were Cooney based, were you still coming down to the Southern Lakes a bunch? Yeah, trying to, bro. Like, especially with snowpark and stuff. Yeah. So, and my old man had a wee cottage up in Cadrona, so we kind of stayed up there a wee bit. Oh, rad. Yeah. Um, so I came down here for a wee bit in, in session snowpark. So how was, how was your first day at snowpark? Like, what? Man, I was just like, <laughs> holy shit. Like... Yeah. Yeah, you know that was when there was a skyline garage and it was pretty low key, mm. but just rolling up and and all the features and the triple line, yeah, it was epic. I ended up was lucky enough to hit uh, hit that Burton jump, which oh, they right. built like down the you know the running was kind of down the box line. Yeah, that, that infamous that, that booty step down. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you could fucking see that from Cadrona. Like no someone, shit. Someone says it in in an interview. And there, but I remember actually looking over and being like, "What the fuck? Oh, yeah. that's the fucking yeah, that's the jump I've heard about." <laughs> yeah, know? I remember the first time I just rolled into it. I followed someone in and just kind of stopped at the top of the tombstone. It was just like, "Fuck me!" The tomb on that thing was booty. Yeah, and step down too. Yeah, just a like, big old fashioned wow. step down. So fuck, how was that hitting that for the first time? It was actually fucking rad and very memorable. Yeah. Like just, I kind of. There's not obviously no compression. It was just like max your speed out because it was such a flat running. Mm. But um, just it was awesome. Just super, you know. You didn't even have to initiate anything. You just kind of roll into it. And it was just like super s- slow and mean. So we sessioned that a bunch. I think even one one night. It was right. A pretty solid crew. Because was that initially built for the unlinked dudes, right? Yeah. And you guys got on. Yeah, I got here like a day or two after their session. Yeah. And it was still up, so it was just like fucking, it was a bit of a free-for-all, but it was always kind of like, oh, who's going to hit the jump first sort of thing, yeah. you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, that jump was sick. It was yeah. heaps of fun. Oh, man. Like, I, <laughs> I don't know, I mean, even looking at the pictures now, I was like showing it to like fucking dudes up the hill, being like, check this out. Yeah. And I was just like, fucking what? <laughs> yeah. It was legit, <laughs> eh? Yeah. And that landing was huge. Solid. Tom Hull told me that he watched Tim Jackways do a switchback one off it. And I was like, fuck, that run-in switch. You're kind of coming in, rolling on your heels. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, because it's not the fastest run-in, nah. so they're like taking that thing switch. Yeah. It's like, holy shit. Oh, TJ's, fuck, TJ's got a massive bag of tricks, though, bro, and, like, mm. epic style. Yeah. And you don't, you don't see him fall much, you know? He's... 
he's one of those special guys, eh? That yeah, fucking. And like Will got, was saying, he could do everything, like urban rail, harking flips out of pipes, yeah, big air jumps for sure. Uh, both both of Jacko's boys like could ride trainee that way, like mm. quarter pipes, just murder it. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was a period there in New Zealand snowboarder where it'd be like, oh, Will busting a huge frontside ear, then turn the page, and that's Tim busting a huge backside ear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fucking McTwist or something, like, massive out. Mm. So you run tight, did you run tight with Tim for a while too then? Or? Yeah, we but eh? Um, yeah, for sure. Um, even when, because he, he was staying up in Auckland for a bit, like, kind of between seasons. So around that same area, era when we were all kind of going back to Utah. Mm. So I'd see TJ and stuff quite often, and he was, he was staying with Logan and Haley. Oh, yeah. um, so you know, been pretty tight with those guys. Oh, you should! I forgot. Um, I can't believe I forgot about Haley. Haylocks, yeah. The, 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 the dick move on my part. Sorry, <laughs> Haley. Because um, yeah, like fuck, she was around and fucking charging. Too. Yeah, yeah. She she just hit whatever we're hitting and fucking hold on and and just smash it. Mm. But um, she's epic, eh? Mm. like dude style you know yeah. back then oh man which was, her switchback ones yeah fucking like yeah and Cindy eh some of them big yeah yeah cause I mean switchback ones like a fucking that high you know like, and <laughs> no one can see this but I'm literally like my fingers are apart two inches scare the fucking shit out of me I don't know why but they do so let alone fucking what she was doing over these fucking gaps and shit yeah like, oh, some of that shit's pretty intimidating too bro yeah. when you're kind of building jumps and it's like fuck kind of paper scissors rock who gets first hit yeah and that's luckiest luckiest is second because you know the speed real well you know but yeah. uh, um, but Halox was always there bro and fucking hitting it mm. and, and owning it a lot of the time you know yeah it's pretty dope yeah so there so probably wasn't too many girls around there might have been like Abby and Shelley yeah and the New Zealand crew yeah. sort of hitting stepping up to what she was doing for sure i think it was probably really good for her as well though he's riding with a bunch of dudes and and obviously logan like zepic you know yeah trying to keep up with him yeah fuck yeah 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 good luck but you know like yeah. we're all trying to keep up with him well, um but uh yeah it was it was cool man it was f- fucking good memories man like mm. Those guys are all sh- fucking good shredders you know mm. i love logan style like yeah Remember um, when I was in Japan, uh, was, him and Maria showed up, and I was supposed to show them around. Yeah. Well, you can't really show them around when you're trying to play catch up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I just remember the way because I was always a fan of his, like the pictures I seen of all the rodeos and all that stuff. Yeah. What really blew me away is just riding behind him and just how he would just handle everything that was in front of him. Yeah. It was just all. Oh, it's just like wow. That's he's how he's super strong, eh, bro? Like mm. you know, yeah. And even when he, f- even when he's bails, he still looks cool, you know. Yeah. He's still fucking not frailing around yeah. and and that uh, awesome boxy style. And yeah, and, yeah, yeah, man. That's cool. I mean, and that was a good time, I think, to be a snowboarder in New Zealand. It seemed like a really strong, healthy scene. Like it was things going on and Cooney and the Cooney guys were able to get hooked up and same down here the Wanaka Queenstown and yeah. the Canterbury dudes and stuff and yeah for sure I time. guess the industry had a bit more money then or mm. was funneling money in those directions then yeah you um, like the energy 
drink companies run yeah rail but and like and, and and print as well like mm. it was it was pretty rad like when when the mag any of the magazines like manual manual yeah. was pretty sick as well and that all ends in snowboard everyone you know wanted to check that shit out mm. so it was and it's all your mates eh? yeah so that yeah. was kind of it was pretty special i guess it's it's cool mm. and were you much of a contest guy or? not really eh? Did a couple contests, kind of up north, big ears and shit, a couple of slope styles, but a lot of the time we just kind of go and hit the course just before everyone else was, and and then peace out and do our own thing. Um, yeah, I never really got into the whole mm. comp scene. So for you, it was more about being a media-based sponsored rider. Yeah, sort of no coverage-based for sure. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's, I mean, it's cool. It was an option. Yeah, like, for sure. Yeah, so I don't know if the kids have know that that's an option these days as much now. Now that you don't have print and yeah, it did. It did go from or, you know from when I started writing for Burton to when I kind of finished. It went uh, went you know quite different ends of the scale. Mm. Um, and as it kind of needed to, bro. I guess it was a bit loose when you know you're flowing gear and a couple of photos and a few photos and a bit of footage. They wanted to, you know, got a bit more corporate as the the kind of the business did. Yeah. So yeah. I guess once the outsider businesses sort of start coming in, it yeah. changes the dynamic. Yeah, and that, I understand that totally. Yeah, but yeah. it's um, it was it was awesome, man. I, I wrote for them for for a pretty long time. You know, it was like eight or ten yeah. years. So it was. Well, that's a good innings, yeah. especially like with just staying in higher ground and not moving international and stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and no, it was good times, man. It looked after me. Yeah, yeah, later. yeah. Brent's a bit of a legend, eh? Yeah, totally. Like probably the oldest guy to hit the um, TC cat track. Still gap. true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mean picks, eh? Yeah. Um. So Brent was obviously I got to know Brent through Johnny McCormick. Oh yeah. Um. And he'd come in session tour. He kind of just show up randomly, you know, every now and then when he was when he was up in Wellies. Um, but it was always rad, like he'd always kind of show up and we'd kind of just go shredding, like, he's, he's got a massive bag of tricks as well, you know, and mm. it's always kind of cool. We'd never really rode with him overseas too much. Um, he kind of was, finished his stuff slightly prior to me kind of doing it, but, yeah. um, but no, it was always good when he turned up to Cooney and it was, you know, just like brother from another mother sort of thing. Yeah. So he's always, he's always shredding pretty hard. Mm. And it's rad to see him now, still, still putting so much time in, eh? Mm. And yep. and um and getting the goods. Yeah, and still doing it good. Yeah, like yeah, he hasn't just sure. turned into like a soul carver. He's still fucking out there getting that man. Yeah, we met him up uh, TC just randomly uh, last year, and we just had a just a side hit session, just down the fucking straight down the guts you know just all, all afternoon it was epic nice. just different lines and it, yeah it was it was an awesome day actually just kind of just hitting all those side hits and cat tracks nice yeah, yeah. T- triple treat side hits eh? yeah bro pretty hard to beat yeah fun eh? yeah just first, especially that first kind of slushy day it's like mm. just good times yeah i'll say and how did you meet um, Johnny McCormack? Or how did he come into the picture? Yeah, he was. Um, I think I met him initially through through Fergs because him and Fergs were a pretty good team for a while there. Hmm. Um, and then we could meet him once or twice twice earlier because uh, he was based in Welly and he'd come up in session 
to Ruapehu um, and, and kind of, yeah, man, just, fuck, just became mates with him and um, and it wasn't until we kind of went overseas, but I spent quite a lot of time with Johnny and we did a few missions even, you know, to Vancouver and obviously Salt Lake and just a, a bunch of stuff within NZ. Because mm, there was a period there where I think he was the most prolific yeah. photographer in New Zealand snowboarding. Like, for yeah, sure. He was getting shots of both manual and in yeah. incense snowboarding yeah. and shit. He's pretty busy, bro, and but he had a real good eye for it. He had a sick style of shooting, mm. eh? Oh, like you'd see one of his pictures and you didn't even need to read the caption of who took it. You're like, yeah. that's Johnny McCormack. Yeah. And, and he yeah. dominated, eh? Like, yeah. So he was he was rad to work with, man. Mm. He's just like one of the one of the boys, yeah. And you know, because we're all kind of pretty tight. But um, I always liked shooting with Johnny. Um, but yeah, the old Corey Scott as well. Like back in the day, he surf photographer. Yeah, yeah. So I did um, initially. We we did quite a bit of work with 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 Coz. I did. He take the one that was. Uh it was a New Zealand snowwater. I think you're doing a misty flip, and there's a guy sitting on the rock with his fist up in the in the background behind you. No, that was like yeah, homies. yeah, that was yeah, that was Cy Evans. Oh right, that's a yeah, sick shot. Yeah, right. yeah, that was. Well, I think that was maybe one of my first published shots. That one. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. A full page shot, eh? Yeah, it was fucking sick. Yeah. Yeah. It's out west at Tuarua, uh spot called Eagles Eagles Beak. Oh yeah, and it's pretty pretty rad little zone through there. And was I right? Was that a misty flip or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just up, yeah, right on the side of the kind of big. We just cut a big tranny in. We had about three or four hits down that same, that same zone. Right. Just spring riding. Oh, it was fucking awesome. Like it was one of those shots I had to actually like take a second look and try to figure out like, oh, that's where he's going from. Yeah, that's yeah, where he's going to. yeah, right, right. yeah. Almost mm. quarter, Steve, but kind of just a sharp hip. Mm. Oh, it's fucking sick. Yeah. Um, and then, I, I don't know, i just seen that on a lot of the homies' walls and, um, like, the student flats in Dunedin and shit at that oh, time. So, and yeah, right. yeah, so well done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. T-shirt and shit, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> bogan. Yeah, I just remember the dude with the fist up. He had this consolidated T-shirt on. I was a big fan of consolidated. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> um, you're a bit of a fixture down here in Wanaka now. How did the move to Wanaka come about? Um, I guess we, we, we kind of. We, I guess we've been here for I don't know ten, ten or eleven years now. Um, it was once, once Lee and I we had we had my girls, our girls. Um, we kind of didn't. We you know wanted to move somewhere a bit safer than than Cooney, so just give them a slightly better upbringing. Um, just because it's a little bit, little bit rough at times. Oh yeah. And stuff. So um, that's when we kind of we thought like we'll kind of come down here and have a crack. And uh, you know if it didn't work, we we're going to just bail somewhere else. But um, yeah, been here ever since and loving it and kind of don't think we'll be going anywhere anytime soon. Sweet. So. And how did the building side of things get into the picture? Um, when I was back in Cooney, I've always been pretty produ- uh, practical. Mm. So, uh, and always worked with timber and, and steel and stuff. Um, but when I was back in Cooney, ended up uh, working a bit with my wife, my wife's brother, Brad. 
um, and uh, you know, really enjoyed it and ended up kind of doing an apprenticeship under him. And then, yeah, just, just a couple of years um, and then just kind of went out on my own. And, and were you snowboarding while you were doing the apprenticeship? Yeah, before? it was at the kind of tail end of it, bro. So I was kind of got to that stage where I was like, fuck, I need to try and work out where I'm going here as far as um, I'd done kind of done what I wanted to do snowboarding you know mm. um had kind of achieved my goals and and stuff so I was at that point where I, I needed to refocus and, and actually get get something productive behind me mm. and actually kind of focus on trying to get somewhere instead of running off the smell of an oily rag and actually yeah. you know so it was no hard feelings leaving the snowboard thing. It was nah, not at all, bro. I just I thought it just it was just time. I didn't want to be like that guy trying to still do stuff and not be as committed. Yeah. So I want to be hundred percent committed, or you know, and I just I done what I needed to do, and um, I think yeah, I kind of started building with Brad, and we were kind of like fuck, it's kind of time to I got a couple of opportunities turned up and I needed to commit to them so mm. that was where it all kind of started to refocus yeah um I'd still you know like we'd still kind of because working in Cooney we'd still you know work from early in the morning and then if it was a good day go and shred for a couple of hours mm. and come back down and do the do a few more hours in the afternoon so it was it was, it was still good but um mm. gone with the days where I could kind of go up the hill and goof around or whatever I needed yeah. to be productive you know so how was it going riding sort of after being a sponsored rider where you got these sort of pressures where you're like, I've got to get this shot or this whatever. Yeah. How was it your first day riding not being sponsored? Um, yeah, oh, fuck, it was sweet, bro. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, there, there was never any pressure when I was riding for Burton or, or, or you know, the other companies. That, there was never pressure there. And, that, right. and I kind of stated that from the get-go. I was like, I don't want to do shit because you want me to do it, I want to do it because I want to do it. Mm. And, um, you know, they still flowed me gear until kind of when it got too business-like and they're asking me what your goals are for the season and shit, that's when I was like, okay, this is time to knock this shit on the head. I'd rather buy a board, Yeah. you know, when it started to get to that stage. yeah. Um, so, like, going up the hill, I was still riding boards that were given to me or whatever. It's just, fuck, it was just sweet, just the same i guess they're just yeah. productive we went lurking around trying to i don't know do whatever it was mm. um just yes just a slightly different i guess my mindset had changed by then so it was like i didn't need to prove anything mm. i was just there enjoying it and yeah which is kind of i don't know what i tried to do anyway but yeah <laughs> it was just that other stuff kind of come along you know yeah so but yeah, that was that was a that was the changing that kind of pivotal point where I needed to step forward into different stuff is when I wanted to refocus. Eh? So yeah, so you're still riding a bit now. Yeah, for sure. Um, obviously, the girls are into it. Um, not nowhere near like what we used to, but mm. as far as time. Um, but yeah, you know, do a dozen days or so. Um, try and do a day heli a year, and yeah. that's that's a pretty good fix to fucking compared to riding resort you know yeah like just yeah getting out there and guaranteed power yeah so good buzz for weeks yeah, yeah. oh definitely bro that's so that's more kind of well, not more my jam but that's we always try and do that like once a year but it's always super 
spontaneous like when it when it snows if it snows and you know when just yeah. you just got to make the call and go and, and do it yeah so um but yeah kind of been riding tc a wee bit the last few seasons yes um just a bit bigger that resort than cardies you know it's kind of good having the two mountains on one pass oh, now hard. Right? it's epic um cardies is, is super fun in, in the mornings um but it's pretty hard getting my family up there early you know yeah so <laughs> three girls yeah you and your wife and three girls it's yeah yeah a lot of people to yeah yeah it's uh oh it's rad so, so they're all getting into snowboarding yeah well, yeah they, they start we they started skiing the eldest um snowboards the other two are still skiing they've dabbled a wee bit but um i don't push them to try and go snowboarding whatever like mm. skiing snowboarding doesn't mean it doesn't matter to me man it's all it's all good eh? as long as they're out and yeah doing it. yeah for sure so that's the jam oh cool and um someone that's sort of been through the industry a little bit well what do you reckon about snowboarding today like fuck it's next level eh? Okay. like uh i just like watched a bit of footy from the x games you know Mm. Um, last weekend or whenever it was, and watch that that men's big year, you know, spending like nineteen eighties or whatever. It's like stuff. Progression we, is fucking out of hand. Stuff that we joked about in the late nineties, eh? Yeah, like, like yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, like holy, and mm. like how well the Kiwi contingent are doing now, eh? Like how's know? Zoe cleaning yeah. up both the big year and the um. Slap style. Yeah, like what like, were two twelves and a ten or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, bonkers. Yeah, like, and like fuck, she's she's got good style, eh? Mm. For sure. I think that's it. Like I, was, I think I was talking to AJ the other day about like about ten years ago. I couldn't watch big spin tricks because I didn't like the style. Yeah, but, but now, now it's evolved, day. Eh? It's evolved hard. Now you're watching like Cool and Tian and yeah. Zoe yeah. as well. Yeah, and they've got a they make those tricks look like 540s used to look like. like For sure. Awesome style. Tiana's got fucking the illa style and is, oh, is yeah. just stompy, eh? Oh, yeah. Just yeah. epic. And and like his simple tricks are fantastic. Yeah. Just like when you do like nollies over shit. Yeah. Like, He's got, definitely got some yeah. good steez. And, and like Zoe's... I, I, was, I was impressed, man, just watching the girls. Um, she's sending it like the other girls are seem to be kind of tucking into jumps trying to initiate speed and pop but mm. she's just got that pop and and kind of lands in the sweet spot or, or deep mm. most you know most yeah. um most jumps and that like that slope style run she put down has to be the most progressive woman's slope yeah. style run they'll, they'll claim it eh? like the most tech like, for sure yeah and um like i was blown away that was definitely kind of sense know. a little change of the guard there eh like as far as yeah well I, th- I think that sort of was signaled about when she came away with bronze in the last olympics yeah was that switchback nine and sort of that was like I, I, that was big year eh mm, last, i really last feel like her generation's been the foot up the ass for a lot of the riders like they came in started doing nines and tens and doubles yeah with zoe and anagasa in that generation and they've really, I feel like they've fucking hit the accelerator on that shit. Hard, bro. You know? Like, it's impressive, eh, to, yeah. to, to watch, for sure. And yeah. just, like, last natural selection, she showed up and cleaned up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, just doing pretty, their thing. Like, pretty rad, eh? Yeah. Because did you watch natural selection this year? 
I've, I've only seen like parts of it. I haven't seen too much footy. Well, the girls were spinning a lot more this year than they were last year. Yeah, I'm right. Really, I, I'm going to say Zoe had to have something to do with that. Yeah. yeah like, How sick that set up, though, eh? Pretty killer. Looked amazing. Yeah. I mean, the snow didn't look that no, great. No, it was a but, bit, bit tacked. <laughs> but it still looked better than the powder day in New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, oh, for sure. Right. Uh, lastly, you got any advice for aspiring shredders? Um, I don't know, man. Just fuck. Do do you? You know. Mm. Yeah, like that's the coolest thing about snowboarding, eh, bro? It's like a it's a creative kind of thing. It's 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 how you interpret it, and and that's what I liked about it. It's just like yeah, you kind of have your own style and 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 stuff. So, I mean, it's um, yeah, it's just it's such a rad sport. Just doing it. Yeah. So just do. Do you, yeah. Yeah. Straight up. Right. And is there some thank yous and shout outs? Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Fucking probably is, eh? <laughs> uh, oh, just but with, with the whole snowboarding thing, I guess, like Guy and, um, you know, the high ground crew is a, were pretty good to me. A massive thank you and, and credit to, to those guys. And and then all the photogs we worked with, you know, especially like Johnny Mack and, um, and Coz. Um, and just, yeah, the bros, you know, it was good times and yeah, glory, glory days, bro. Yeah. 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 Hard. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. Oh, well, um, that's that time with stock enders. Uh, we all know the drill here, so we'll just fire right into it. Uh, Dan, favorite rider? Probably not like back in the days, probably JP Solberg. Yeah. Yeah. Liked his style, that that Euro. Yeah. Like he was fucking gangster. Yeah. Favorite mountain. Um, Tura and Snowbird, I reckon. So, favorite board. Oh, probably the Idawi Anink Anderson Fifty Two. I think that was the one Jeff. you did the bomb job on, was yeah. it? Yeah. Might have been the Solberg, but oh, right. yeah, the, the Anderson was just super short. But mm. it was yeah, that's probably my favourite board. Yeah. Favourite video part? Oh, far out. Probably a Devon section in the earlier earlier uh, Mac Dogs. Yeah, I mean, how how long was he the best? At, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, favourite gig? Favourite gig? Yeah. Um, far out. Gangstar and Park City. Pretty sick. Oh, rad. Just a super small venue. Um, and just heaving. Yeah. And just, yeah, it was epic. Rad. Uh, Favourite city? Uh, Vancouver, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're pretty close to the mountains there. And yeah, and just, it's, yeah. it's just, you know, it's pretty happening it's so multicultural and stuff eh mm. uh, favourite track uh, back one nice favourite style favourite style probably Devon favourite board graphic uh, I reckon this the Scotty Whitlake the skeleton was it the LibTech one? Yeah. yeah. LibTech, it was, a, it was a LibTech one. Yeah. So, uh, who has the best method? Jamie Lynn, for sure. 
<laughs> Not even a question, is it? Hell no. Um, final bonus question. What's the key to a good method? Uh, high front leg. For sure. Sick. Rad. Well, bro, that's us. Thank you so much for your time. We'll see you up the mountain real soon. Choice, bro. Thank Rad. you. Thank you.